Welcome to Beyond the Capital from Supertech and our brand new series. This year, the Commonwealth Games are coming to Birmingham, so to celebrate, we'll be doing our own baton relay. We're making virtual visits to as many of the Commonwealth countries as we can, exploring their startup and scale-up scenes. And we'll hear from UK-based businesses with Commonwealth connections. Beyond the Capital is the podcast series that explores the professional services tech scene outside of London. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen. In this episode, we're exploring the region's links to India with two businesses, TBL, a prop tech company based in Warwickshire, and Voilo, a payments company based in Birmingham. Both companies have close links to India, as we'll be exploring. I'm joined by Ravi Ranjan, co-founder of Voilo, and Big Tara, the Managing Director and Chief Technology Officer at TBL. Thanks for joining us today. Perhaps we could start with you, Vic. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, hi, Hilary. Good to be here. I'm Victara. I'm from TBL. We're a local prop tech, residential prop tech, I should say. We've been in business for 25 years this year. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, this is our 25th year. And we have been busy in all that time building core platform technology, primarily for the residential letting space. So we build the platforms and supply uh, platforms on a, on a SaaS basis to some of the industry giants, uh, I guess, you know, the largest players in the, you know, in the property sector. And sitting alongside next to you is Ravi. Do you want to say hi? Hi, Hilary. First of all, thanks a lot for inviting me for this. My name is Ravi. I'm a founder of fintech startup called Vilo. It's a payment and promotional platform for sole traders, small businesses and charity. And we are saving around 90% of current transactional cost as per the existing players in the market. Our mission is to provide a truly accessible digital solutions for small businesses. So just expanding on that now a little bit, your different stages with your businesses. So one of you did 25 years. How old, Ravi? Around nine months. Around nine months. Okay. <laughs> and in different sectors. So one prop tech, one fintech. Yeah. Do you want to just expand a little bit about where the technology and the different domains come in and, and yeah, how you're adding sure. value? Um, I mean, we've spent all this time really supporting uh, large industry players. And, you know, by taking that approach, we've managed to get about, I think, 12% of all UK rental transactions that go through agency happen on our platform. What we've been able to do is build, you know, is build platform technology that suits the big companies in the market because they can leave it all to us, really. You know, that allows property companies to run their operations without having to be tech companies you know and this is what i think has led really you know to our growth in the, in the space being able to be a one-stop solution you know for the larger corporates has been very effective so in efficiency kind of operationalizing yeah. creating resources yeah very much so um and also you know by providing the platform on a SaaS basis it means that our customers don't need to worry about the technology part you know, and we've come into large corporates and PLCs where they had a huge internal team to manage infrastructure. And so they really love companies like us that can deliver a platform from the cloud and they don't have to worry about it. So fully integrated within that system. Right. Yeah. But you're doing something a little bit different with the fintech space, Ravi? Absolutely. Like what after working in this industry for a couple of years and uh, doing a little bit more research and especially in the UK market, like one of the one of the fact which I want to mention here, like still a forty percent of the micro SMEs don't accept any kind of card payment or digital payment, and if we see that these micro businesses are the backbone of our economy, 
and this is where we want to provide a tool to them where they can bounce back and they can thrive. So this is where we are providing a very accessible, affordable uh, payment solutions as well as promotional tool where they can communicate with their potential customer and they can retain them and grow their business. And has that changed because of COVID at all? Has it accelerated or created a different need within retail space for that application? That, that's a really good point because if we see... Uh, the high street are falling. This topic has been from the past five, six years. Mm. But this pandemic given a more push to support and do some actions for those businesses which are very much important for our community. So yes, there is a positive reaction from all the stakeholders to, to act on it. And in this series, we're particularly exploring Commonwealth links because of the Commonwealth Games coming to the UK and specifically to Birmingham this year. You both have... Indian connections and done that in different ways. Perhaps we could just start with Ravi actually as the early stage. How has that relationship started and what's the opportunity for you there? In terms of uh, the relationship with India, myself, because I came UK not for, I think, 2019 to pursue my MBA from Aston University. Then I started this business. And initially we were looking for a development team to product to build our product. And that's where we outsource our entire product development back in India. The team are based in Delhi and they're helping us to build that initial product, which we are trying to provide the solutions to the UK community. So overall, it, it, it was an, a challenging thing also because the product that we're building, the infrastructure, which is open banking, is quite new to the UK and still it's not in the Indian uh, environment. But the team are working on that, uh, how to build that product and bring the innovation here. A similar experience? Um, a bit different for me, I think. I, I came into PropTech in uh, the late 90s. Before PropTech was a thing? Absolutely, yeah. Before before anybody called it PropTech, we were already building tech that was for property. But yeah, it, you know, what was clear at that time to me, you know, this was around the time of the dot-com bubble. So, you know, trying to get talent or, or development uh, resource or anything was incredibly difficult. And you just couldn't get the people because everybody was getting snapped up by people that were in the bubble. So I looked at that and thought, well, we don't really want to, or I don't want to get caught in that trap. Being uh, originally of Indian descent, my parents might, uh, migrated to the UK from from India. It, it just made obvious sense to me to to go back to India and see how to set up a business there, mainly so that I could uh, attract enough tech talent. Uh, and, you know, and so not get stuck in, in that trap. But my longer term view, I think, was always to develop the technology, design the technology here and build in India and then face into both countries. So we spent probably the last 15 years really working thoroughly to, to close out as much of the UK market as we can. You know, and the future, I think, is is for us to turn around and, and move into the Indian market where arguably we've been working for the last 15 years, although we haven't yet launched the platform there. But I think that's the uh, the potential for both mine and businesses like uh, Ravi's, which are yeah, developed in partnership between the UK and India. We're seeing that now with, yeah, there's a, a fintech um, partnership, there's also more localised, like the West Midlands one, etc. Yeah. So you've obviously been doing that for a number of years, yeah. and the plan therefore is to similarly follow within that and, and PropTechs uh, got its first unicorn in India mm. is that right they're both Absolutely. they're both thriving in That's their own right. their own right so looking yes. to expand then 
from the UK now the other way, having... Absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah, for, for me, that's always been the, the plan. I think we're, we're getting there now. I think perhaps as a business, TBL, we're ahead of the curve in, in doing some of that. We had some, some very early involvement from the DTI, uh, but beyond that, not much. We've just gone and, and done it ourselves, I guess. Um, so it is nice to see now that the institutions are catching up. You've done it yourself? What? Absolutely. The best part which I, I can say in the startup industry is the synergies and filling the gaps from all those experiences or I would say the positive uh, factor that we have from different part and how we can fill that gap and bring that bridge over to it. So this is how the relation between the my Indian development team and our operational marketing in the UK and how we're bringing that gap and filling that gap through that bridge is is what are beneficial in, in my startup. Absolutely. And how easy is it? I'm just, you know, it sounds like the holy grail <laughs> and, yeah. you know, utopian in business terms, yeah. but go on, actually putting that into practice, is it? How easy is it? Just like working cross borders, you know, the cultural differences or the, think, like, what, I don't know about what is it really Ruby, like? Having... I suppose for me, um, it's pretty easy because <laughs> we're a, a bit of a mix of both cultures. And so be, have, having the benefit of being cross-cultured means that you're able to, keep a foot in in both camps you know and really understand both sides of the the coin really so it's not been tricky for our customers it's been i think interesting and educational you know we've had customers from the uk go out and spend time over there when they're you know when we're running projects for our customers and it's just really worked really really well i think um the british culture has a you know has very close links with Indian culture, people know a lot about it. And so it's actually quite easy to overcome some of those differences. People just get on with it. Is, is, is so lots of synergies, perhaps like Happen. Commonwealth sure. heritage, yeah. actually having business Particularly value. Particularly between Britain and India, I think. Mm. And also because of how many Indians came to the UK, uh, you know, in the 60s and 70s and had that, that impact on the UK too. So I think we've been doing this for quite a few decades already you know the stage is quite nicely set to be honest and Ravi you've come the other way how's it been relatively recent move yes so uh, adding to a big point for me initially it was a challenging thing because the two major factor one is the time difference because we whatever we work at the time at the time zone and the Indian time zone was different but slowly slowly we can see the our team and the Indian team adapting with those things and making sure the work is happening. But eventually, it's all, it's all about the understanding, like what exactly we are looking and the customer are looking in terms from the product and what problem we're trying to solve through our product. And if those things are aligned and our vision is aligned, then definitely it's a, it's a great asset for any company. And personally, you enjoying the UK? Absolutely. For me, uh, I came here to like, initially to pursue my MBA, but after staying here, especially in West Midlands, one thing I always love about West Midland, which is similar kind of environment, which has been, I heard about the Silicon Valley, that growing together and supporting each other. So that's kind of supportness I can see in the West Midland a lot. That's why for me, initially I faced the challenge to having a right door or connections or people so that I can grow my business. But whenever, whenever I knocked, I asked, I got, I got that support. So I really appreciate that. 
That's great to hear. And looking ahead then, obviously India is an important part of the future. We've described that. What What's next for your businesses? What does the next five to 10 years, if it all goes to plan, what would be in it for you? I think to have, you know, a much larger number of transactions running through the platform. You know, we're really about digital transformation of the, of the property space. Uh, that's our goal. And so essentially what that means is everybody that's involved in the property transaction should be able to connect directly with the platform and, and get on with what they want to do. That's what we're really doing. That's what we've been doing. I think, yeah, we're almost there. It will just continue to go strongly in that direction. Things will become more and more tech enabled. It will be easier and easier to carry out transactions relating to property. So yeah, the next five to 10 years, I hope we see much more of that. It does feel like PropTech's poised, ready to sort of follow that ascendance that yeah. fintech's seen and, and going That's up it. there. But there's a bit to go, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just doing, to... doing the work to get there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and for you and for Voiler? For us, our main goal is to providing uh, all the banking power to the small businesses who are the backbone of our, our economies because they contribute around more than 60% of the employability also. So providing that tool by bringing the more innovations and easy, smooth journey for those businesses that they can attract more customers. And eventually, we want to be create that community where whatever the money which we are spending, people knows where they are contributing to. So that's kind of uh, our main reason is, and we want to look where we are working for that. So while it's a fintech as a fundamental part of the business, there's a social mission for you and your co-founder. Absolutely, because at the end, fintech is in the front side where the back end was the impact we're trying to make in our community. So this is where we want to make sure whatever the each transaction which is happening from the end users, what at the end point it's going to make to our community and what kind of community we want to leave for our coming generation in the future. Oh, wonderful. Thinking about the listeners, the audience at home, if you had one lesson, one tip, what would that be? What would you like to share with our live audience? Personally, I'm quite naive in this industry. I'm still learning a lot and I have a lot of things that to learn from the experts. But one thing which I personally uh, do like, if if someone have anything, if someone wants to do anything, have the passion, just go for it. Don't wait for being perfect. It has been said perfection is a enemy of good. So just, just think you're good, just take an actions. And if you're struggling, ask from your, your connections, network, mentor, we, 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 there are people who will help and support. So just go for it. Just do it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And similarly, I think if, you know, if I was to say that from a, from a tech perspective, it is the focus on your core mission. Don't allow yourself to be deviated or pulled in different directions by the customer's mission. Uh, so stick to yours. Stay lean uh, and stay agile. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because customer feedback is such an intrinsic part of it. So perhaps you could sure. just expand what you mean oh, by okay. so look, the customer's yeah. mission. That's... Because if the customer feedback is, is, is very important, but your mission is the core thing. So, you know, your mission is defined and, and you take customer feedback to get you along the way. But it shouldn't pull you away from the definition in your core mission. And beyond that, agility is really, really important. Like Ravi was saying, if you try to build the whole empire before you launch, you're doing it wrong, you know? And a lot of people perhaps go down that road. That's what I mean by agility. If you stick with uh, agile principles, 
you don't go too far down a track without learning from what you've done, without building something and put it, putting it out for feedback. So I think customer feedback is important in that flow, but it shouldn't pull you away from what your core mission and definition is. Thanks both for joining me today. That's been really interesting. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a great pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Hilary, and uh, look forward to doing it again. That was Ravi Ranjan, co-founder of Oilo and Victoria, the MD and Chief Technology Officer at TBL. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe or follow Beyond the Capital on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.